to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Scripture Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, what might Jesus have taught his apostles for forty days? At the beginning of Acts, Luke mentions how Jesus Christ shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs to his eleven remaining apostles, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Yet, the conclusion to Luke's gospel limits Jesus' post-resurrection appearances to just a single day, and John chapter 21 mentions only a brief encounter. Because of the fleeting reference to the 40-day ministry in Acts chapter 1, readers of the Bible have wondered what that ministry may have entailed. Latter-day Saint scholar Hugh Nibley was one of the first to seriously investigate this extended period of instruction, which was expanded upon in apocryphal texts written by early Christians. Many of these writings, Nibley observes, became a great discomfort for the Christian church as it moved into the 4th century and beyond. The large literature of the 40-day mission of the Lord, Nibley explains, was early lost from sight by the Christian world because it was never very popular, and early writers since Clement and Origen have employed all the rhetoric and logic to avoid the crass literalism of Acts chapter 1 verse 3. What could have led to this discomfort surrounding the mentions of Jesus' 40-day ministry? In all the texts that Hugh Nibley studied, four themes emerged regarding this ministry that would have naturally led to these texts being so unpopular among many of the early Christians. First, many of these texts assert that the apostles are to be rejected by all men and take their violent exit from the world. What time corruptors and false shepherds will appear within the church where a growing faction of the worldly-minded will soon overcome and annihilate what remains of the faithful saints. This grim picture of an upcoming apostasy is eventually confirmed by the apostolic fathers, who are convinced that they are beholding the fulfillment of these very prophecies in the early 2nd century AD, as they drew on the earlier New Testament writings, which warned the apostles that wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Because Jesus had warned his apostles of an apostasy during his mortal ministry, one would expect such an important teaching to be reinforced during this critical time before the apostles traveled abroad to share the gospel message. The various journeys of each apostle would likewise yield experiences that would become the basis for common themes in early Christian writings, offering apocryphal accounts of how the apostles fulfilled their commission following the Lord's 40-day instructions by using miracles and secret teachings. Second, those teachings embedded in the 40-day literature are described as being given to a closed cult group. This included the performance of various rites and ordinances of the priesthood that included rites of washing and anointing, followed by the reception of a symbolic but real and tangible garment. Other texts focus on the nature of marriage, one of the most sacred of ordinances that needed to be kept secret. S. Kent Brown and C. Wilfred Griggs likewise note that some of these texts such as the Gospel of Philip, place marriage as a requirement for those who would achieve the highest of the three heavens. Other ordinances found in these texts include a prayer circle, as well as a ritual retelling of the premortal councils in heaven, the fall of Lucifer, the creation and fall, and finally the reception of covenants preparatory to the Lord's return. 
those who were faithful to these covenants, John Gee has noted, are promised to be able to return to the glory of God. Furthermore, these accounts, usually called secret, are often connected somehow to the temple or compared to the Mount of Transfiguration, another temple experience recorded in the New Testament. Such ordinances were found in the early years of Christianity, but ultimately were lost and corrupted by opposing groups. Nonetheless, Nibley observes that these ordinances all look to the temple and belong to the instruction of the 40 days. Third, Jesus Christ taught his apostles about his descent to the realms of the dead. This is often called the kerygma, or the preaching, in these texts. These texts portray Jesus not only as leading the righteous saints to their heavenly home, but also as organizing work for those who had not been able to accept the gospel in this life. This preaching included Jesus declaring that even these spirits would require a seal of baptism and other ordinances, which would be performed in proxy for the dead. Only after these ordinances are performed and accepted by the individual spirits are these spirits allowed to follow him, Jesus, out of darkness up into his kingdom. Fourth, Jesus taught about the resurrection of the dead, including his own resurrection, which allowed him to continue to minister to his apostles in a series of real appearances, continuing the personal tutelage and supervision of the 40 days. Jesus' visitations to his righteous saints would not just be made to his apostles, however. According to these texts, he would make other appearances, notably to a few righteous and pure souls and faithful, preparatory to the ultimate and glorious second coming. While the apocryphal accounts surrounding Jesus Christ's 40-day ministry are not accepted or used as scripture, they appear to contain multiple teachings that coincide with restored truths of the gospel suggesting that they may very well preserve authentic teachings of the resurrected Lord. As such, the instructions the Lord gave regarding the Apocrypha and Doctrine and Covenants section 91 could rightfully expand to these writings as well. There are many things contained therein that are true, and it is mostly translated correctly. There are many things contained therein that are not true, which are interpolations by the hands of men. Therefore, whoso readeth it, Let him understand, for the Spirit manifesteth truth, and whoso is enlightened by the Spirit shall obtain benefit therefrom, and whoso receiveth not by the Spirit cannot be benefited. Many of the teachings cited above have neat parallels with Restoration Scripture, including passages in the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. For example, Hugh Nibley has found that these four key themes, prominent in the 40-day literature, Likewise, parallel Christ's post-resurrection ministry, as recorded in 3 Nephi, chapters 11-28. through 28. One apocryphal account, known as the Gospel of the Twelve Apostles, discovered in 1904, mirrors the account of 3 Nephi in close detail. Some of these similarities include the Lord eating a sacred meal with his disciples and sharing versions of the sacramental prayers, giving the injunction to make his disciples unified with him and expressing the desire for his disciples to seek for higher gifts and be encouraged in their pursuit of holy gifts. These similarities have rightly led Hugh Nibley to conclude that these writings belong to the earliest stratum of Christian writing. Like the authors of the 40-day literature, Latter-day Saints also value sacred ordinances performed in temples. Marriage, one of the ordinances prominent in these writings, 
is especially seen as a sacred and eternal ordinance in the restored gospel for our admission to the highest degree of celestial glory. Other ordinances performed by proxy for ancestors who have passed away before us are found in the Restoration, as are accounts of the pre-mortal councils in heaven, the creation, the fall, and the reception of sacred covenants to bring Adam and Eve back to the presence of the Lord, like those found in the 40-day literature. These themes are especially prominent in the temple, where we learn more about the atonement of Jesus Christ through the covenants made there. Finally, the post-mortal ministry of Jesus Christ to the spirit world, as well as his appearances to his chosen prophets as a glorious, resurrected being, are maintained by modern prophets to be very real events. Though the teachings and ordinances described in these texts were lost or corrupted in the early church, they have been restored through a living prophet. While many aspects of these texts may be later interpretations and additions, they can shed a light on these important truths of the gospel as they were taught and understood by the early Christian church. They can likewise help deepen our appreciation for the restoration of the gospel and its ordinances, which truly have been restored for our benefit in the latter days. Thank you for listening to this presentation from Scripture Central. For more information, please visit scripturecentral.org.